Welcome to the Care to Change podcast. We are grateful to have you join us. Thank you for being a part of this conversation as we hope to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Okay, you ready? All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Care to Change podcast. I am your guest host today, uh, Larry Vinson. Uh, I'm a pastor, and I also edit these podcasts and a huge supporter of Care to Change and and all that they do, not just for their clients, but for our community. And we are in the midst of a series called Therapy 101, all the first questions, right? And uh, we thought it would be uh, cool uh, that instead of April hosting and, and getting people in here to uh, to ask questions, that she would be the one that would be interviewed and uh, that I would be the one asking these questions. And so uh, I would like to introduce my guest for a second time, April Bordeaux, Director of Care to Change. Welcome to the podcast, April. It's always good to be here every single time. <laughs> every single time. And we love having you. Uh, you know, last week uh, we talked about uh, when to go to therapy. And if you haven't uh, listen to that. If you're jumping in here at the second episode, do yourself a favor, go back to the first episode and and listen to all the great advice that was given about when to go to therapy. There were so many good gold nuggets in there that I think would benefit anybody who's just asking that question. Should I even have to go to therapy? Do I need therapy? Right? Because those are critical questions that we're all asking. Well, we're going to continue uh, the conversation today by talking about what to do when considering therapy, you know, a, a kind of a, a checklist, if you will, about what I need to make sure I'm doing uh, when I am, a, when I'm getting ready to research and to look up a possible place for me to go and a therapist to meet with. Now, next week, we'll talk about selecting and what to do with hiring and, and even possibly firing a the therapist. That's all next week. Today is just that mental checklist. So April, I want to turn it over to you and, and ask this very basic question. What should I be thinking about when considering a therapist? What's my checklist? Yeah, yeah. And like you said, we'll talk next week about how to find the right therapist for you. Today is really just like to consider, first of all, what isn't working right now? So ask yourself in your life, what isn't working? Is there a specific issue that you would like to address or change or see movement on? For example, if you feel depressed or unmotivated or you're having difficulty in a specific relationship, feeling overwhelmed, what are what is it that you're hoping for um, in the context of therapy? So the therapist can help kind of walk through and get some, give you some insights and to listen and to create a, a plan together. But to begin by saying, okay, well, what isn't working that I want to work on? Uh, because it's easy to walk into a therapist's office and be like, okay, where do I even start? And before you know it, you'll spend an hour just kind of going through everything and not making the, the progress that you want. So what's not working? Um, conversely, if things were better, how would I know? So how will you know when it is starting to get better? So you know what your concerns are, what might a better option or better outlook, um, what are, and essentially, what are your goals, right? 
What are your goals and your expectations for calling or seeing a therapist? Um, it's okay if your goals change throughout the time, but at least walking into it saying, this is what's not working. And this is how I know that things would be better for you. One of the first questions that I often ask in a first session is, how will you know that the investment that you're making in this time is making a difference for you, right? Essentially, what's your goal? What's your goal? Um, another question to consider is what expectations do I have for a therapist? So um, when you start to think about, okay, I think I want to see a therapist, in your mind, you probably have an idea of what it looks like. Is it, you know, what gender, um, what concrete skills do, do you want them to have? What questions or challenges are you wanting just to be heard? Or are you wanting to seek next steps? Are you wanting to um, you know, to find a place that you can just process, or are you wanting to develop some sort of an action plan? Um, do you prefer talk therapy, you know, cognitive behavioral? And I know during this month, we're going to talk about the different types of therapy too, but you know, what kind of therapy am I wanting? So a question to ask yourself is what therapy is out there? A lot of people just think I'm just going to go to a therapist and I'm going to sit on a couch or a chair and I'm going to talk. Well, there are lots of different kinds of therapy. So do you know what kind you want? Maybe begin to look some of those up as well. Um, and what's your style? You know, what kind of style? Are you wanting to go to a place that, you know, is more clinical in nature where you, you know, you sign in and you, you sit down and there's a desk between you and the therapist? Or are you wanting something super casual where you go to someone's house, um, not the therapist's actual house, because that would be an, an ethical issue, um, but like an, uh, an old house that's been converted, or are you wanting something in between that's kind of professional and warm? So there's different kinds of therapy offices. So what works best for you doesn't matter to you where you go. Clarifying question, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you said, obviously, you can't go to a, a therapist's house. No, that's right. assuming that they don't have an at home office, right? I mean, like if they have, if their office is at their right. house, is that a, is that a, is that a, a question of, of ethics, eth whatever you said, however you said Ethical, it? Yeah. Uh, I, I would have a big question mark. I would have a big question mark if a therapist wants to see you at their house, because okay. there's gotta be a, there's gotta be a professional boundary between the therapist and the client. And so a house that's been converted is one thing. Come to yeah. my house. That's yeah. I I don't. I don't maybe I've just watched. Maybe I've just watched yeah. too many sitcoms. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. Probably because because it does seem like when I watch you know shows and things like that mm -hmm. you know they had an at home office that had a, a separate entrance or whatever that people would come mm -hmm. into and and it was still quote unquote their house. So but yeah. yeah. So big question mark on that for you. Yeah, the, the, there is for me. I, I you know I. I'd have to think that through when that would be okay. Um, yeah. right? um, I have to yeah. really, I'd have to think that through and probably consult our ethical guidelines that we're bound to, to see what it says about that. But so definitely a location and style, you know, there are some places, you know, you walk in and there's no one there. So am, am I at the right place? What am I supposed to do? So what is the vibe, you know, that you're, mm. that you're wanting? Does it matter to you? Doesn't even matter. Some people, it doesn't matter. Some people it makes all the difference, you know, um, I think about it, you know, it's not getting your hair cut, but 
there's lots of different places you can go get your haircut. You can go to a place that you walk in, they give you a number. It doesn't matter who you get. You're going to sit down. You're going to get a cut. You're going to leave all the way to the full, full on spa experience, you know, where it's, it's quiet and there's slow music playing and you get to sit in your own little room. Right. So there's, and everything in between, it's the same with therapists. You can see all different kinds of uh, therapists in different kinds of places. So does it matter to you? Um, another is uh, talking about what your list of question is, questions are for the therapist in finding your therapist. And I know, again, we'll go through that next week in next week's episode, how to pick your therapist. But it's important to begin putting some questions on on paper or in your notes or whatever that says, these are the things I want to know about my therapist before I know whether or not they're going to be a good match for me. Um, you want to know too how urgent your situation is. So if you're in a crisis, um, how quickly can you see a therapist or is, is seeing a therapist needed, right? Um, because who you see might make a difference to how quickly that you can actually see them. And then what to do if you feel like things don't improve, you know, like what's your, what's your plan? How, how do you know when it's time? How many sessions will you give yourself? before you say this therapist um, isn't the right fit for me? Is it one? Is it three? We often will say, you know, give someone three, three sessions before you make a decision whether or not they're a good fit. Um, but what, what do I do if I feel like things aren't improving with this particular therapist? What do I do about it? And, and then another question similar to the first couple that I asked was, would be, um, how do I know that I'm done? Right? Uh, so therapy doesn't have to be, like we said last week, an ongoing lifelong experience. So you might go to therapy for a short period of time. How do you know when you're done? So what are your indicators that you don't have to make that next appointment um, with the therapist? So these are all things to say, I, I, I really want to consider all of these. Um, and one of the biggest ones is how to pick my therapist, which we'll spend a little bit more time on next week. But um, yeah. So a couple of, I have a couple of questions. Yeah. Uh, number one, you, uh, you mentioned the number three that you, you should come to at least three sessions to kind of make a decision about a therapist. And, mm -hmm. you know, as, as a church leader, we usually say four to six weeks, you know, that's how long it takes for someone that can really get comfortable. Why three, why is it three that, that is there, a, is that, a, is there a reason behind that? Or is that just some arbitrary number you guys picked out of the sky? Right. So the first session that you have with your therapist, and it might be your first and second, and it, it, it depends on how, how much preparation is done prior to what documentation you complete prior to. But the first session is really, who are you? Why are you here? What's your history? And where do you want to go? Right? You're really not digging into what it is that you're really wanting wanting to work on, not in the first session. It's usually give me some context for what brings you to the office. Um, and, and maybe, you know, right off, right off the bat in your first appointment, no, this person isn't for me. Maybe you would know, but if, if you're sort of trying to figure it out, you may not know just from that first. And sometimes the second appointment is similar to the first in that a therapist might begin by saying, tell me what stuck with you you know, in the first time that we were together. Um, and the therapist is asking questions on purpose with intention 
wanting to know where the focus of that person is. And so the second appointment really is the bridge between, okay, what brought you to where is it that you want to go? Um, and there's work done in the second appointment as well. Dep again, depending on how complex the issue is, it might take two to get through the history and um, the goals. So it could take one or two. And then the third, by the time you're in your third appointment, at that point, there should be some work being done. Like, okay, today, this is what we're going to work through. This is what we're going to walk through. Um, and so that's when you know the skill level sort of and the way the therapist works. So I that's why I personally would say three. I don't think there's a magic reason for three. You, you might know before three, you might, it might take more than three. I actually think that is, that is such a great answer. I have never considered, you know, uh, the first three important appointments and how important those are. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you said, I was like, yes, that makes complete sense because the first one's getting to know you and the second mm -hmm. one, you, you may transitioning into the problem, but mm -hmm. third one, you are dealing with this problem, or at least you should be head mm -hmm. on. Right? Uh, right. And if you're not comfortable by the end of the third one, right. you're not going to be comfortable four through eight right. or however many more you have after right. that. So that is amazing. Thank you. That was really informative to me. Now, here's a, here's I, I the wanna, thing. That, I want to make it. A, I want to make a point here. What like um, I hear this a lot, and I know we're going to talk about types of therapy later this month. But um, people will call and they'll say, you know, I came. I'm I'm calling you because I've heard that you do EMDR, right? Or you do a. They'll say a modality of some sort. I was like, okay, I I heard you do EMDR. I need you to do EMDR with me. I think there's this idea that people are going to show up in the first session and they're going to sit there and they're going to do EMDR. Number one, do you know what EMDR is? So do you even know what you're asking for, right? And before you get to doing EMDR, like it would be negligent for me to sit in a first session. Hi, nice to meet you and begin EMDR because I don't know how a person is going to function in the process of EMDR. So it would be negligent of me in the very first session to sit and begin doing EMDR with someone because there is a, a certain level of tolerance that's needed for someone. And so sometimes the first session is let's get to know you. The second is what's the goal. And by the way, we need to do uh, resourcing because I want to know when someone's doing EMDR, they're not going to dissociate. They're not going to fall into a panic attack. They're not going to fall into what it is that they need it for. And so sometimes it can take longer to even begin the actual EMDR. And so I think sometimes you're like, okay, I'm calling because I heard you do EMDR and maybe leave disappointed that, well, they didn't do EMDR, right? Well, it would be negligent to just jump into it right at the very beginning, knowing what's involved in it. So that's the reason why I think it takes a few, and it doesn't have to be EMDR, that's with other modalities yeah. as well. Yeah, even if it's just just talking your stuff out, and it, you yeah. you have to have that connection. You have to mm -hmm. understand that person because otherwise, you could be feeding into something that could lead to a mm -hmm. trigger and do more damage than right. you would be doing good. So you're right; it is a thing of negligence, and I'm glad right. that you guys kind of consider that. And mm -hmm. and I think every good therapist does as well. I know, I know yeah. it's not just care to change, but here here's a question, right? Because I talk to a lot of people. I recommend a lot of people to counseling, and uh, mm -hmm. you know because. You know, like we talked last episode, sometimes the pastor's just not enough. Sometimes a friend's not mm -hmm. enough. You got to go that extra step. And I have, uh, I have, uh, you know, referred people to counseling before, and I always get this question about insurance, insurance yeah. versus non-insurance. So you're talking about yeah. this checklist. How much does this uh, checklist? How much is this checklist hindered 
by the requirements of insurance. Right. So that's definitely a consideration when you're thinking about going to therapy. How am I going to afford therapy? Um, There are some therapists that are only self-pay, which means it's out of pocket. You're going to pay for it the way you would with any, um, any kind of service, right? Um, Because therapy is um, eligible for reimbursement through insurance, insurance is an option for people who have insurance. So should I use insurance or should I not use insurance? For people to, so the process to be paneled with insurance. In other words, for me to be able to build insurance, which I can, a therapist, number one, has to be licensed, fully licensed. So there are different levels of licensure um, in each state, as a matter of fact, um, but you have to be fully licensed in order to be credentialed, to be eligible, to be paneled for um, insurance. What does this mean? It means, okay, you go to school, you get your you get your master's, you have to have you know certain number of hours, clinical hours that are supervised, you study for your boards, you pass an exam, you become fully licensed. So there's partial license that means you can practice, and then there's fully licensed, which means that you can bill insurance. So what does it mean that you're getting when you can go to a therapist who builds insurance? It means you're getting a fully licensed clinician who is credentialed because they've passed the boards in the state that they're licensed in. So that's one thing to know. Um, The second, from a client's perspective, one of the things that you're going to want to know is what is my deductible? Because just like any other medical treatment, therapy is the same thing that if I have a deductible, I'm going to have to pay the deductible before my insurance will pick up the rest. So some people think I'm going to go and I'm going to use my insurance. Well, guess what? You still have to have your deductible met the same way as if you were going to go have a surgery or you have an earache and you're going to go to the doctor for an earache. So there's a deductible to to consider. There's also a copay to consider. What we find is that um, most people, their deductibles are so high, they may as well just pay out of pocket because each insurance plan allows only a certain number of sessions. So I'm going to go, I'm going to use insurance. Your insurance company might say you only get three sessions or your insurance might say you only get six sessions or your insurance might say, right? So insurance can dictate how many sessions that you're allowed to have, or at least that they will cover, right? So that's another thing to to know. After after deductible? After Uh, deductible or prior to deductible? I I think it depends on the plan, right? So I, I don't know enough about everybody's plan that's listening. So, um, so find out what your plan is. Another thing that most people do not know. So there's two other pieces to this. One is if your insurance denies the claim, you will still have to pay out of pocket. And so some people say, I'm going to use my insurance. The paperwork is sent to the insurance company and then the insurance company denies it. Well, then You know, someone says, oh my gosh, I thought I was using my insurance. Yes. And your insurance denied this claim the same way they might say, if you're going to go and you're going to have a surgery and they're like, well, we'll cover this portion of the surgery, but not this. And so you get this huge bill, the portion that insurance doesn't cover. It's the same thing with therapy. There are portions they will not cover. The second piece to consider um, when it comes to billing with insurance is every person who uses insurance 
as a diagnosable condition assigned to them, which means that if you're in marriage conflict and you want to bill insurance, your insurance company is going to say, what's the diagnosis code, right? Which means that you will be given a a medical, a clinical diagnosis, a mental health diagnosis in order for them to consider payment. So if you're someone that doesn't care that you're assigned PTSD or anxiety or panic or OCD or whatever the diagnosis is, then okay. But just know in order for insurance companies to even consider it, they will look at your diagnosis, right? And so some people say, no, I don't want a diagnosis to follow me. And some people say, I don't really care. I've had it for a long time. So put it on my insurance, right? So a lot of people don't consider number one, um, how many sessions, what the deductible is, what happens if the insurance denies, as well as the diagnosis that's going to follow them into um, into their their health plan. So just those are things to be aware of, which is why um, at Care to Change, we have some clinicians who bill some insurance, but we don't have every clinician billing every insurance. We don't even think it's best for every person. So if you know, I I don't think every single person requires a diagnosis. And I don't right. think every single person would want a diagnosis. And also for me, I don't want to be surprised. If I go to the doctor and they're covering, and this has happened with medication, you know, you go to your go, mm -hmm. you run through your line to pick up your medication and they say your insurance doesn't cover it. It's going to be a thousand dollars. You're like, what? I didn't yep. know it when the doctor prescribed this, right? I would have liked to have known that. The same thing can happen with therapy. You go to therapy and then all of a sudden you get this big bill because insurance says, no, we're not going to cover therapy. So there's a lot to consider um, before you just go down the insurance route because it feels right off the top of that cheaper. Oh, it'll only cost me $35. It, it sounds really nice and good. The other is your, um, your chart can get audited. So your insurance company can say, give me their files. Really? To me, yes. So to me, I have a problem with an insurance carrier who knows nothing about looking at what I'm doing in treatment with someone. And I, I personally am like, I, I think it's none of the insurance company's business, uh, what's happening in a therapy session. Um, yeah, no, so I it's think something to know about, you know? Yeah, that's actually, I mean, I, there's a lot of things in there. I, I, I didn't know. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do think it, it's, uh, it, it's good. It has its, has its benefits right. to those who, who need it. Uh, for sure. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. but then also I can see why some, you know, people like, you know, like your, like your organization care to change would be like, look, you know, we don't necessarily think it's always the best option for everybody. Mm -hmm. and, and here's why. So something mm -hmm. you definitely want to look into now. Okay. So here's my final question, right? Yeah. Uh, and this is, this is something that, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about coming from the people that I've talked to, right. Uh, and this is in no way, uh, uh, slamming the people that I talk to, right. Uh, but you know, we you have this checklist, and it requires a lot of deep thinking, like a lot of a, a lot of you knowing who you are and knowing what you like and what you don't like. You know, and the majority of people, if I were to give them that checklist and say fill in the blank, a lot of them would say, "Well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know," <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So when you're sitting across from somebody, let's just imagine you're sitting across from somebody and you're saying, okay, what kind of vibe do you want? What kind of style do you want? What kind of thing do you want? And and, and they answer, well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. How do you answer that? How do you get them to start thinking 
uh, you know, a little deeper about these things so that they get the best experience possible when they're, when they're ready to choose a therapist? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, we, you probably do know, you probably just haven't sat and thought about what is important because I yeah. guarantee when you walk in, if it's not, you'll know, right? So, um, a, a, a normal question, or I shouldn't say normal, I should say a common question people have they ask their friends, do you see a therapist? Who do you go see? Ask them mm-hmm. why, right? Well, the whole experience is great. They have a client care team. They welcome you. They give you, you know, a, a, it's comfortable in the office. They have nice, it smells nice. They have great, or, um, or they say, I don't know. I just go to this place and walk in and I wait. Right. So what makes it important? Well, I love my therapist that I see and that's all that matters. So I would say if someone says, I don't know, I would say it's not that they don't know. We know it's just, maybe they haven't thought about it yet. And, you know, in the process of picking, there's nothing wrong with walking into different places and just walking in, just walk in and look around. And what do you feel when you walk in and walk back out? Right. There's no cost to that. So um, why not? I would say, if you don't know, think, Think it through and ask other people what's important to them. And and it doesn't mean it's important to you. You'll know. Um, but just go begin to consider it. Great. All right. Uh, well, thank you again so much for uh, taking time out to talk about these these 101 therapy questions, uh, these, these questions that we all should be asking before, during, and, and after counseling. And I'm excited about next week. We're going to be talking about how to select, how to hire, how to fire your therapist, and all the things that you need to know as you're kind of getting to know your therapist and your therapist is getting to know you. Uh, as always, uh, we want to make sure that you are aware of our of our resource page on the Care to Change Care to Change website. There you can find all of these things that we're talking about here today and what we will be talking about as well. Uh, or you can just call with your questions at any time. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people there who, who would love to have that conversation with you as you're trying to figure out what I need to do in order to, to start therapy. April, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we will see you next week. Uh, and for everybody else, as always, Peace, love, and soul. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in today's episode. You can follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics. If you have any questions from this episode or would like to hear more, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at caretochange.org. We hope you found this episode helpful and invite you to join us for more of our podcast conversations.